we got the alternative energy free autonomy and welcome to the radioactive show produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the community radio network today's radioactive show has been produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation here in Nam Melbourne I'd like to give my respect to elders past present and future and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded over these lands. I'm Emma. I want to start today's show by celebrating the news that came in on Tuesday, 18th of July, that Bangala traditional owners had a win in court opposing the federal government's plan for a nuclear waste dump on their land. The judgment was handed down in the federal court in Adelaide, and Justice Natalie Charlesworth said that apprehended bias quote, and prejudgment by former Coalition Resources Minister Keith Pitt meant that the court would uphold the application by Bangala people. This is really significant and the Radioactive Show has covered the Bangala struggle in many previous shows. Bangala people's opposition to the waste dump has been recognised and The terrible process of trying to impose a waste dump on non-consenting traditional owners has once again been halted. Meanwhile, on Saturday 15th of July, there was a community rally gathering around the message of no nuclear submarines, fund essential services and real climate action, organised by Mary Beck councillors Sue Bolton and Monica Hart here in Nam from Melbourne. I went along to the rally and captured some speeches and voices from the crowd which I'll share with you today. First up will be Socialist Councillor and Organiser of the Rally, Sue Bolton, followed by Federal Greens MP for the area, Tim Reid. Later in the show, you'll hear from ASU Delegate Pierre Motter and Sana Deswat, the Coordinator of the Nuclear Free Collective at Friends of the Earth, Melbourne. Freedom Fighters. Pretty much every other war that Australia's been involved in, Australia has been an aggressor with the US or the British or someone or other, usually US or British. So um, with that, I'd like to recognise that we're standing on stolen land, the land of the Rundry Wairong, and I'd like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri Wurrung, but also other First Nations people living off their country. So there's so much wrong with AUKUS and the subs, it's hard to know where to begin. There's the threat of war and an arms race, and it is a real threat, despite the fact that all the powers that be try to to pretend that's not a threat. There's the threat of nuclear until the announcement that was made earlier this year, hardly anyone had even thought about that, thought about the fact that nuclear subs means nuclear waste dump and nuclear waste being transported through various communities. And then there's the spectacular cost. 
So no money for public housing, there's never any money for public housing or this, that or the other critical issue, but suddenly money just magically appears for anything to do with the military. And it's not just nuclear subs, there are other, other um, you know, Hornet jet fighters and so forth they have bought uh, since the announcement about the subs. But there's been so much propaganda with this decision. And, you know, I used to think, um, how did the Cold War come about? I didn't live through that period, I was too young. But how did the Cold War come about? And, you know, really, you, you can see through the whole propaganda drive around China and AUKUS, but earlier than that, around the propaganda drive around you know, trying to create the idea that refugees are a threat or that people receiving Centrelink are bludgers. I mean, I have seen a number of propaganda campaigns in my time as a political activist, and I'm sure for an older generation, there would have been the propaganda drive around the Vietnam War. And these propaganda drives are designed to stop people thinking about the pros and cons of what's being presented. China's no is no military threat. It's an economic competitor to the United States, but it's not a military threat. And underpinning the whole thing about AUKUS is trying to just get everyone to repeat by rote that China's a military threat, so anything is justified to stop China. That's really what's underpinning. And there's been, you know, quite a propaganda drive. Um, to the extent that people think if you know somehow a private company is owned by a company that's Chinese, it's a problem. Well, actually, it doesn't matter as long as things are in private ownership. You have no control over them. Um, it doesn't matter whether they're American or Chinese or Australian. The U.S. has shifted most of its military advisors from the Middle East to the Asia Pacific. NATO, as we've seen on the TV last night, has been shifting its attention to the Asia-Pacific. I have criticisms of China, but I've also got the same criticisms of the US, Australia and Britain. An arms race can lead to, you know, can lead to war, whether it's intentional or unintentional. Who suffers from war? It's always working class people who suffer from war. Exactly. We're the ones who get killed, we're the ones who get maimed, we're the ones who get displaced from our homes, we're the ones who become refugees. And in the case of soldiers, who are usually working class people, um, they come back from war either with PTSD or in the case of Vietnam with um, poisoning as a result of Agent Orange, or in the case of Iraq, they come back with diseases as a result of, of uranium-tipped missiles. So wars cause unimaginable injuries. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people died in Iraq. We can't go into war blindly without thinking about the consequences. And what's happening at the moment is that our ruling class is taking us in that direction. In Australia, we've also had the Aboriginal community and 
soldiers who've been poisoned as a result of the nuclear tests in Maralinga. People in the Pacific pushed off their islands as a result of being permanently poisoned by nuclear testing. Most countries in the Pacific don't want nuclear submarines or, or wars in their territories. We need to listen to that. Well, is this council business? Well, it's actually everyone's business. Doesn't matter whether you're a council, a government, an individual, a community organisation, a trade union. It's everybody's business. Because the propaganda campaign wants you to switch off your brain so you're not thinking about it, so we get marched to the edge of the cliff and just jump over without thinking about it. That's what their propaganda campaign's designed to do. We need to... We need to stop that train. Crack hey. that propaganda bubble and start to fight back. And part of that fight back starts with small actions, citywide actions, motions in union meetings. And we'll hear from a unionist later on. Uh, we've already heard from one unionist, Jun Shik Shin. Um, it starts small. The Viet, anyone who is involved in the anti-Vietnam War movement tells you that started small, with small groups of people before it became a mass movement. But you have to start somewhere and start to stop this happening. Now, the anti-Vietnam War movement, as well as the bravery of the Vietnamese people, stopped that war. So we can stop AUKUS. Doesn't matter what contracts they've signed, they can be ripped up. Uh, they can, oh, any contract can be ripped up. So we need to build such a big movement of little rallies in suburban areas, in the city, or big rallies. But we want to convince the Australian community to oppose AUKUS and oppose nuclear submarines. And hopefully, as far as I know, the Marybeck motion is the only one of its kind. Um, we want to spread that to local councils all over the place. Like in the 80s, and 90s when there were over 150 local councils in Australia were declared to be nuclear-free zones to stop Woo! nuclear weapons. Woo! So I might end it here, but we need to keep this momentum going. Let's build on this in the local area in Murraybeck as well as um, in other areas as well. And um, I'd like to salute the trade union comrades who've been moving motions. And no orcas, no subs, no orcas, no subs, no orcas, no subs, no orcas, no subs, no orcas. That was Sue Bolton speaking on 15th of July at the community rally gathering in Brunswick with the message of no nuclear submarines, fund essential services, and real climate action. Sue Bolton is a Marybeck councillor and the organiser of the rally, along with other councillor Monica Hart. Next up, we'll hear the speech from Greens MP, Tim Reid. 2016, just after Malcolm Turnbull announced that we were going to spend $50, million, sorry, $50 billion on submarines. And, I, and, and remember, these submarines were to be built in Adelaide. That was one of the big selling points. It's like a trip to JB Hi-Fi that's just never ended and, and the price just keeps going up and up. I, I'm just going to read you this letter. Predicting the long-term needs and challenges for our nation must be a tough job. 
So it would have been hard for our federal government to reject competing demands for a $50 billion investment in high-tech industry when they chose to spend it on 12 submarines. They must have sweated over proposals for high-speed rail up the East Coast, for solar thermal power stations, for electric vehicle factories, a South Australian University of Technology, or even better water for Adelaide. I imagine they gritted their teeth knowing that a billion spent on defence manufacturing creates far fewer jobs than a billion spent on teaching or healthcare. Perhaps they debated whether we could get by without submarines at all, just as we've managed for decades since we got rid of our aircraft carriers. But I hope they wept when considering the effect of their decision on countries like India, Indonesia or the Philippines, none wanting to be left behind in the local arms race and all facing far more difficult spending decisions of their own. And it's that last point I want to emphasise, that having super expensive high-tech weapons sailing around our near neighbours will provoke them to want to get something like that, will provoke them to divert money out of education, health and clean water, to spend it on ships and planes and submarines and whatever else. The biggest cost of an arms race is the defunding of caring for people. We're doing it in Australia, but the big effect will be on countries much poorer than, a, than ours, will be on people much poorer than we are. And, you know, we, we can think of some good things to do with $368 billion, but imagine if you're running a health centre in Indonesia. That's where the suffering will be felt for these sorts of decisions. That's where the suffering is being felt. We're already spending a lot of money on high-tech weaponry and other countries feel the need to keep up. And it's those people who are really suffering. So I've got a list of things that I could spend $368 billion on in the state of Victoria, but really it pales into insignificance when you think about what India could do with that money. I think I'll leave it there. Thanks for coming. This is the Radioactive Show on 3CR Community Radio and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. You're hearing sounds of the community rally initiated by Marybeck councillors in Brunswick, in Nam, Melbourne, on Saturday 15th of July. It was a grey July day in Brunswick, but there were lots of tunes and chanting, as you can hear, led by the Riff Raff Radical Marching Band and the Trade Union Choir. Next, we'll hear a couple of voices speaking out from the crowd, followed by Pierre Moreau, delegate of the ASU, but not officially speaking as a representative of the union. The final rally speech was Sana, coordinator of the Nuclear Free Collective of Friends of the Earth, Melbourne. Sana connects the nuclear subs to the issue of nuclear waste 
and raises the Bangala traditional owners' fight against the federal radioactive waste dump proposal for their land. It was only a couple of days after last Saturday's rally that the Bengala people won their federal court case, which halted the waste dump decision in its tracks. Hi, um, what brought you down to the rally today? So I am actually have been on the working group helping to organise this rally, and I am here because I am disgusted that our government is willing to spend $368 billion on nuclear submarines when people are going hungry, um, children are... You know, not receiving appropriate health care that they need. Old people aren't receiving health care that they need. And um, people are struggling to keep a roof over their heads. We need urgent action on climate change. And all our government can do is spend $368 billion on subs. It's outrageous. It's a risk to the planet. It's a risk to people. It's a risk to peace in the Asia-Pacific region. And, yeah, hence why I'm here. And I think... We are in fantastic company here today. We've had a wonderful turnout. We're having some great music, great time walking together. I've been handing out lollies and people love that as well. So we're all a bit hyped up on sugar. It's good. Right. Thank you. Absolutely. And um, yeah, it feels good to occupy Sydney Road. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Cheers. Hi. And what's brought you down to the Marybrook Rally? Oh, um, I've come down because I'm worried about the future. I'm worried about the submarines. I'm worried about the nuclear waste. I'm worried about the, um, the whales being bombed every five minutes constantly and the effect that will have on the marine life. Nuclear wars, uh, nuclear submarines are not an answer and we should be thinking about public housing, health and climate action in the wrong direction. Absolutely. And can you just describe, you brought down a, a great prop today. Do you want to describe it to our listeners? Um, yes, it's of a um, submarine and it says no subs, no waste, no weapons. All this spending on the military is a war on workers to, um, to um, repress us and to actually make our living standards go down for the profits of these huge companies, both in Australia and overseas. And as we can see, and we've seen, I've been in the anti-militarism for 30 years, I've been a labour activist for 30 years, War is great for profits. Not for many companies, but for some companies, war is fantastic. But for us, for workers, for our communities, war is a disaster. That's all that we can say. Because who fights wars? Who gets sent to fight wars? It's us. It's workers who does the killing. And who actually gets killed in wars? It's other workers that kill. And it's our families and our communities. So we lose first in all the money that's spent that's not spent our services and our wages and then we lose because we are the ones that get killed and we die. This is why the anti-AUKUS campaign, anti-militarism, peace is actually a workers issue and that's why you can see that unions have always been at the forefront of the peace movement both here in Australia and internationally as we just heard from our comrade from South Korea, June. I say, join your union first. Wherever you work, join your union if you're not a member of your union. And if you are a member of a union, ask your union, have you taken a stance? Have you passed a motion against the AUKUS? Have you passed a motion against the waste of $300 billion, which are just going to go in the profits of a few individuals and a few companies? And then you ask, what are you going to do about it? Because in the end, it's only going to take 
ongoing industrial action that is going to defeat this um, this um, um, this scandal and this uh, drive to war because this is what it is. It's a drive to war, and we are going to pay the price. And if we don't stop it, it's our daughters and sons and our families, both here and overseas, who are actually going to feel the effect and are going to be killed. I'm going to talk a little bit from Friends of the Earth about the nuclear dimension. Australia has a shameful history with nuclear. This year is 70 years since some of the British nuclear tests, which affected traditional owners um, horribly. And um, I want to talk about the other effects of the nuclear submarines. So nuclear, we're going to pay 368 plus billion dollars for second-hand nuclear submarines from the US. Um, and by the time they get here, the people that are ruling then might be still in high school today. So um, <laughs> who knows what the world will look like then. The worry for me here now is on waste and mining. And where is the waste going to go of nuclear submarines? The UK has um, nuclear submarines that have been lying um, in a dock for decades, waiting to be decommissioned. There's still reactors inside of them. They're corroding away and they don't know what to do with them. The federal government has been trying to establish a nuclear waste dump for decades. Every time the traditional owners have been fighting the nuclear waste dams on their land and they have won so far. Yeah. This is a huge international project which will be used as an excuse to enforce a nuclear waste dump on traditional owners land. It's not going to be in Brunswick, it's not going to be in Anthony Albanese's backyard, it's going to be close to when, where traditional owners, Aboriginal communities live. It's on farming land and it's close to disadvantaged communities. Our grains are going to be grown there. At the moment we're standing with traditional owners in Kimba who are fighting a nuclear waste dump. It's going to be an above ground shed of barrels. It's disaster waiting to happen and we don't have a good solution for the waste. Why start a project if you don't know what you're going to do with the waste coming out of this? So it's going to affect traditional owners disproportionately. Shame. Shame! It's going to affect the workers disproportionately. The Maritime Union and the, um, the ETU, <laughs> the Electrical Workers Union, have already put motions against um, AUKUS and against nuclear because they are the ones that are going to be held handling this stuff. The mining, this morning I was listening to 3CR Radioactive Show on my way here and it heartened me to hear Uncle Kevin Buzzacott, who is an anti-nuclear superhero who has been fighting the uranium, the biggest uranium mine in the Southern Hemisphere. Australia is the third largest uranium miner in the world. He's been fighting the Roxby Downs uranium mine on his land for decades and he said it's not their land to destroy. This it, land belongs to the future. This land belongs to the little ones and we, old buggers, have the responsibility to look after this land. Shout out to Uncle Kevin. So, 
The other problem is that this deal potentially opens the door to a whole nuclear industry in Australia. At the moment, there is no nuclear engineering expertise in Australia. That we're seeing the first universities opening up the nuclear engineering um, batches and, and courses. ANU is already accepting um, students, and I think the other um, Flinders University as well. These people, thousands of nuclear engineers, are going to be turned out every year and they're going to need jobs and that is going to be a really good excuse for people to open a nuclear domestic industry. We do not need nuclear power. Traditional owners have known for tens of thousands of years that you don't, do not touch that stuff. Leave it in the ground and there's a wisdom there because it's just trouble. <laughs> That was Sana Desvart, coordinator of the Nuclear Free Collective of Friends of the Earth Melbourne, speaking out about all aspects of the nuclear chain. You've heard speeches from the community rally organised by Mary Burke councillors Sue Bolton and Monica Hart on Saturday, July the 15th, with the message of no nuclear submarines, fund essential services and real climate action. Thanks to Nikki from Friends of the Earth Melbourne for some of these recordings and thanks to the Nuclear Free Collective for their ongoing support of our show. Earlier you heard the speeches of Councillor Sue Bolton, Greens Federal MP Tim Reid and Australian Services Delegate Pierre Morrow. The Radioactive Show is produced for 3CR Community Radio and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. You can podcast our shows at 3 cr .org.au. I'm Emma, and I'll leave you with a couple more community voices from Saturday's rally, taken as we march down Sydney Road, briefly blocking traffic and making a ruckus. Better a ruckus than an orcus any day. Thanks for listening, and here's to a nuclear-free future. What's brought you down to the rally? Uh, opposition towards Australian nuclear proposals and uh, our sickening alliance with the US which seems to be heading headlong into war, picking fights with whoever they can and uh, I think it's important that uh, people who understand these issues take it seriously because uh, it's not a joke. Ridiculous amounts of money are going into the war industry that should be going into education and health and housing and um, we're here to, uh, to make that fact known. What brings you to the rally? Well, I've been a, a campaigner for many, many years. I'm just terrified that this thing will go through. And our young grandchildren, our friends and people that are very disadvantaged will just bear the brunt of the whole thing and it's just terribly evil in my opinion that we should be even entertaining the idea of going to war we all know we just have to speak to the refugees and we all know the destruction that war brings for decades 
Thank you. And I can see you're holding the um, Hiroshima Day yes. um, poster as well. Yes, yes. The, the next really important event to get to. Sing it again! Sing it again! Peace! I want you to come on in. Peace! I want you to come on in. Peace! I want you to come on in. That's right. Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter. Need an extra layer for the cooler months? We've got great new long sleeve tops that proudly say Workers Radio. Available now online or at the station. Perfect for layering when you're out on the street. They'll have you picket line ready for winter. At $40, you'll get a great quality shirt ethically and locally manufactured by Qualitops in Reservoir. Order now and we'll post one out for $8.50. Or you can pick it up from the station. Buy one online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Or come into the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy.